thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. You know, we all love a good story, don't we? I don't know whether you love a good story. And in the pre-service hangout, um, they were voting on what the, the kind of most popular story. I don't know which story won, actually. Which story won? Chronicles of Narnia won the best story ever. So I don't know whether you love a good story. Hasn't 2020 been a story? I saw something on Facebook recently that said, you know, you know the um, Back to the Future movie? Whatever year you put in, don't put in 2020 is what it said, okay? But, you know, I don't know what kind of story uh, you're going to tell out of this season. Right at the start of this in March, Andy Stanley, who uh, leads the North Point Church in Atlanta that, that we're a partner of and we have a lot to do with them, he said this amazing statement. This was six months ago. He said this, when the story of COVID-19 is just the story we tell, Let's make sure our stories are worth telling. And I, I heard that like six months ago, the start of March, and I thought, yes, God, that's, that's what I want. Do you know what I mean? Like when we tell the stories of COVID-19, I want my stories to be worth telling. I don't know about you, it's been a tough six months, hasn't it? It's been really, really hard. And I wonder in the future, what will our stories be of this season? Maybe if you've got kids or teenagers or grandkids, what will their stories be of this season? You know, often think back, don't we? You know, oh, they were the this generation. You know, they were that generation, you know, um, whether it was in the war or whatever. What will the stories be that our kids and our grandkids will tell of this season? What will your stories be? Will they be stories of restriction or will they be stories of reinvention? Will there be stories where if you're a follower of Jesus, we played it safe or where we actually prayed dangerous prayers and we thought about others, not just ourselves? Will they be stories about what we lost or will they be stories about what we found? Maybe will there be stories about what we thought was important, but now what we really know is important? How many of you know that connection is so important, isn't it? Like human connection is so important and we've discovered that. You know, when it comes to the story of our lives, I think it depends a lot on what we're listening to, you know, because we have a narrative that goes on and it, and it kind of forms like a soundtrack uh, for our life. The average person has around 60,000 thoughts every single day, unless you're a bloke and that's three. No, it's not. You have 60,000 thoughts and apparently 80% of those are negative so if you have that amount of negative thoughts, it's like a soundtrack in your life. And when I go cycling, I'm not much of a cyclist. In fact, I never want to go cycling. I'm always glad I've been, but I never really want to go. And sometimes if I'm miserable and don't really want to go and I'm climbing up a hill, I listen to some music and I've got this soundtrack that helps me get up a hill. And it's got songs on it like Jump from Van Halen and Eye of the Tiger and all of that kind of stuff. And it just changes the mood that you're in and it changes the story that you want to write. And here here is my big idea today. The voice you believe will shape the story that you write. The voice you believe will shape the story that you write. And Seth Godin, who's a business writer and author, he said this, and I love this quote. I think it's so powerful. He says, people don't believe what you tell them. They rarely believe what you show them. They sometimes believe what their friends tell them, but they always believe what they tell themselves. So whatever we tell ourselves, we will believe, and that will shape the story that we write. When it comes to God, I wonder how many of us have misheard the lyrics 
Do you know what I mean by that? If anyone Peter K fan, anyone out there or in the room, okay, I couldn't show it because of YouTube. He does a brilliant sketch about mishearing the lyrics, okay, and I can't do it like he does it because he's so funny. Um, but it's this idea that you hear a lyric and you hear something else, like the Take That song, Want You Back, that totally sounds like Wash You Back. It totally does. And then he talks about We Are Family. Remember that song, We Are Family? And there's a line in that that says, just let me state for the record. But it actually sounds like, just let me staple the vicar. Listen to this. Just let me staple the vicar. Doesn't it just, doesn't it totally sound like, just let me staple the vicar? One more time. Just let me it totally does, it does. Just let me say for the record. And then there's the other one I remember way back, Will Young's big, big classic hit, I Think I Better Leave Right Now, which totally sounds like I Think I Better Deep Fry Now. Listen. Think I better deep fry now. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I Think I Better Deep Fry Now. Come on in the room, help me out here. One more time, one more time. Think I better deep fry now. It totally does. It's like the fish and chip song. I think I better deep fry now. We miss here the lyrics. And I think when it comes to God, when we want to write a better story, the problem is the soundtrack, the narrative in our mind. We misheard what God wants to say. And I want to look today at a story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's in Judges 6, verse 1 to 6. So if you've got a Bible in the room or at home, switch it on. Okay, because I'm not going to give you the whole text on the screen. I'm just going to give you the text, Judges 1, verse 1 to 6, and then I'll read it. Okay, and then we'll pull out a few thoughts today on this. So, it says this. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Isn't that interesting? They're in lockdown, basically. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. And when they cry out to the Lord for help in the book of Judges, God raises up someone to, to kind of write a better story and to encourage the, the nation to write a better story as well. But let me give you a little bit of context here. There are three enemies of Israel here and the, uh, the Amalekites so that, is that tribe that never give up and they kind of irritate and frustrate Israel all the time. Anyone know that experience when there's just that thing that keeps irritating you and keeps having a go at you and you think, oh, not that again or not them again. And then the Canaanites, they, were, they came riding in on iron chariots. And the problem for Israel was that Israel couldn't get iron at the time, but Canaan was the producer of iron. So they had all this natural resource, and so they could come in on chariots. But the big threat to them was the Midianites, because the Midianites rode in on these people, on the camel. And this was the first time that the camel had ever been used in warfare. So all of a sudden, Israel's faced with the annoying um, Amalekites that keep having a go at them all the time. The Canaanites who've got what they haven't got, the iron. And then these guys who ride in, the Midianites, on camels. They've never seen this before. This is unprecedented. And so with that pressure, this unprecedented attack, it results in them living literally in lockdown. They're in caves and strongholds. And I think this season is marked out for them as a season of fear, loss, 
and hopelessness. That's what this season looks like. These, if they're going to write stories during this season, they're not going to be bestsellers. They're going to be stories of fear, loss, and hopelessness. And into that, God sends an angel to call one guy to write a better story. And he finds this guy, Gideon, in himself in a wine press, in a place of restriction and containment. And this is what it says in, in verse 11. When the angel of the Lord came, appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And again, we know this very well. Many of you will know this story. And I think when, he, when Gideon heard the angel say, mighty warrior, I think it was like, just let me staple the vicar. I think what he heard wasn't mighty warrior. I think he heard whiny warrior. I think, you're not talking about me, mighty warrior, are you? That's like, I think I better deep fry now. I miss hearing the lyrics. I think what Gideon actually heard was, are you talking about a whiny warrior? Because that's me, I'm a whiny warrior. I'm not a mighty warrior. You see, the voice you believe will shape the story that you write. Guys, the voice you believe right now in your life will shape the story that you write. Let me, let me show you the whiny warrior thing of Gideon in verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord, and it's a big if, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why? Why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? That was a great story, God. That was a bestseller when you did all that stuff. But look at this. And you're trying to tell me that you're at work in my life and that we can write a better story. Look at all of this. Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Guys, I want to say, and I'm looking straight at the camera for any of you out there, but any of you in the room as well. Is this going to be the season that we give up on God? Because that's what Gideon had done. Gideon had said, yeah, I get it, God, but why? Why? Why did you allow this to happen? And where are you in the middle of all of this? This is his narrative. Why and where? And it's very easy for us to think like that in 2020. It's really easy for me to think like that as well. God, is this what it's all about? Then he goes on to say, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how? So not just why or where, but now how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. You call me mighty warrior, but I'm a whiny warrior. How on earth am I going to write a better story? And it's interesting, Gideon says, I'm the weakest and the least. The word weakest in the original Hebrew means disheveled, messy hair. And the word least means the runt of the litter. He's literally saying, I'm the runt in the bad hair day tribe of Israel. That's the narrative over his life. That's the soundtrack over his life. Lisa Turkus, who's a great author, she said this, labels imprison us in categories that are hard to escape. And I don't know what category you've got over your life or what label you've got or what the voice is in, in your head. She goes on to say, those labels start out as little threads of self-dissatisfaction, but ultimately weave together into a straitjacket of self-condemnation. Wow, isn't that an amazing quote? Because those labels, those kind of, that soundtrack, that narrative literally starts out small, but it weaves itself together until it becomes a straitjacket. And we can't write a better story when we're in a straitjacket. We can't write, we can't take the pen that God has for us when we're in a straitjacket. 
I want to give you three statements today, okay? And I heard these somewhere, I can't even remember where, uh, many years ago, but, and they're really stuck with me, and I want to bring them to you and leave them with you uh, to think around about writing a better story. And the first one is this, God's expectation is not determined by our limitation. So in other words, when God comes into play here with Gideon, his expectation isn't determined by the limitation that Gideon has because of his story. You see, when your story collides with his story, it always leads to a greater story. And guys, my heart for us as a church, Life Central, is that our story that we write during this season will be a greater story than it ever could be, just on our own. You know, we often say we don't want to be the best church in the community. We want to be the best church for the community. We want that to be our story. You know, and I want to encourage you, what's going to be your story in this season? God's expectation isn't determined by your or my limitation. So what's it going to be for you spiritually? Is it going to be that in this season you thrived? Or is it going to be that in this season your spiritual life died? What about your family? Guys, we're six months or so, we're more than six months into this now. For you to lead your family spiritually is going to be hard during this season. The reality is we're forming new habits. We're taking our eye off some balls, okay, which are important. We're letting some things slip. And if we want our story to be that we passed on our faith to the next generation, who passed on their faith to the next generation, we're going to have to do some things in this season to make sure that happens. So what do we want to do? I think, let me just say, just, just lean in a little bit, all of you and those of you on the line. We need to change our language a bit, okay? And I want to, hands up, I am guilty of saying this phrase, I'm zoomed out. Anyone said that phrase? I'm zoomed out. I've got online fatigue. We need to stop that language. The reason is, guys, it may be the only thing we have in terms of connection. Who knows? We go back into lockdown and we won't be able to do this, like having people in the room. It may be the only thing that we have. But I tell you what, when I Zoom people who are in other parts of the world who actually can't worship in, in public anyway, not because of COVID, but because of persecution, they're grateful for Zoom. Zoom's not something that they, they say, I'm Zoomed out. They say, do you know what? This is a blessing. This is something that gives us connection and we want to tell a better story. So I want to encourage us to fight against that narrative that says, oh, I'm Zoomed out or I've been, I've been on Zoom all day at work and I understand all that. And sometimes I'm on Zoom for eight hours in a day, all right? So I understand all that. But I tell you what, it may be the only thing we've got. And so we've got to use the gifts that God has given us. So number one, God doesn't adjust his expectation. No, God doesn't limit or set his expectation because of our limitations. But number two, God doesn't adjust his expectations to meet our limitations. So you could have come to Gideon and said, all right, Gideon, don't be a mighty warrior okay, warrior, not warrior, warrior, just, just in your wine press, just read the Bible every day, all right, every other day, every other day with Jesus, and just don't be naughty, all right? So don't go and change the world. So, so in other words, I'll adjust my expectations to meet your limitation. So don't go change the world, just don't be naughty. He doesn't do that. So even though we've got limitations, he doesn't do that. He calls us into something greater. The thing is this, and this is so great about God. Our weakness, we think our weakness disqualifies us, but God says your weakness qualifies you. 
And here's why. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, again, if you want to read this, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, okay? And then I'm going to put the last line up on the screen for you. Well, I'm not going to do it because that's a technical thing. Somebody else in the room is going to do it. And this is what it says. But he answered me, this is Paul saying, my grace is always more than enough for you. Now, Paul is talking about his own limitation and his own restriction. My grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted for when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment. This is amazing. When I'm surrounded with troubles on every side, and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. And here is the line, for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Isn't that amazing? It's like my weakness becomes a portal, if you know what that means, to God's power. It's like without this weakness, I don't have any kind of access do you know what I mean? If I was all strength, I don't have that access. But actually, it's my weakness that creates a portal for the power of God. So I don't know whether you feel weak right now. Maybe at work. Maybe in your family. Maybe in this whole situation that we're in. I know I do, often, as a leader. You know, the guys will tell you, I've been many, many times in the room and said, guys, I don't really know what to do right now. I don't really know what to do. I know God does, and that's good news. But I feel weak right now. But my Bible tells me that my weakness is a portal to God's power. God is not going to adjust his expectations to meet our limitations. What he's going to do is he's going to do something different. And here's number three. This is what we've got to hold on to. So let his expectation become our inspiration. So if his expectation isn't determined by our limitation, if he's not going to adjust his expectation to meet our limitation, why don't we let his expectation become an inspiration to us? And so God wants to say to us today, okay, those of you in the room, day one that you come back in the room, those of you not in the room, God wants to say to all of us, let his expectation of you in this season become your inspiration. Because I think he's calling stuff out of us. We've heard great stories in this last six months, great stories of conversion. You know, some of our connect groups this, me, uh, this, meek, this week, they met in the room for the first time and two or three of them said, and someone in the group has never been to our building before. So they've met us, they've met Jesus, they've joined us during lockdown. These are great stories of conversion and of connection and of community. I want to say I believe that God is wanting to draw out of every single one of us a deeper story of connection with God. You know, I'm also hearing people that are saying, I'm done with God. I've heard that this week. You know, this has happened and that's happened and just six months of this and then this happened in my family and that happened and they're done. And that's so sad. I get it, but it's so sad. But I, I, I want to say, wouldn't it be amazing if we could write some stories, not where we're done with God, but where we go deeper with God? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could write some stories where we have a stronger sense of community? Guys, if you're not in community, if you're not in a connect group, really want to encourage you to be a part of one. You know, the answer for us going forward has got to be stronger, deeper relationships with one another and with Jesus. And then a greater influence on our world. And you know, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you're asking yourself a question, maybe, you know, how do I write a better story in this season? How do you write a better story is you give your life to the one who holds the pen. That's how you do it. 
And you let him lead your life and you let him shape you and you let him shape that narrative and that voice that you hear in your head so you don't mishear the lyrics, but you hear what he really wants you to say and really wants you to hear. And I want to just address, if I can, any of you younger guys out there or in the room, uh, and I know that we, we've put our service a little bit earlier so some of you guys will struggle, but hey-ho, it's 10 o'clock. It's not seven in the morning, okay? So it is doable. Um, but you know, those of you that have gone to school and uh, a new year or you're going to college and those of you that have gone to university, you know, uh, or I feel so gutted for our universities, our teachers and our young people. It's kind of like, it's just a mess, isn't it? It just looks so difficult and so hard. But again, what stories are you going to write during this season? You can write the story of being a victim you can write a story of being, you know, on the other side of this and I couldn't do that and I couldn't do that. Or you could let your weakness become a portal for God's power. And you could let God do something different in your life. And you know, I said that um, God won't dumb down or, you know, won't adjust his expectations to meet our limitations. And that's true. But in one sense, what he does do is he just, uh, he does adjust how he connects with us. And let me just show you something here, because I just think this could resonate for some of you. You know, the story of Peter, when, when Peter is um, um, uh, faced with the reality that Jesus has said that you'll deny me and Peter says, I'll never deny you. And then, of course, Jesus is arrested and Peter does deny him and then he's crucified. Uh, and then Peter goes back to fishing and he feels a total failure. And then the resurrected Jesus appears to him in John chapter 20. And he asks him a question three times, do you love me? And the first time he says, do you love me? Like Peter says, you know I love you. And then Jesus says a second time, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I love you. And then he says it a third time and it's like annoying. You know, why do you keep asking the same question? I keep giving you the same answer. Because that's because we read it in English, not in the original language. In the original language, Jesus said, do you love me? And he used the Greek word agape. And it's this kind of sacrificial, supreme love right at the top of the tree. And Peter said, you know, Lord, I love you. But he doesn't use that word. He uses the word filio, which means friendship love. So in other words, like this is for, like your expectation, but this is my limitation. This is where I am. And then the second time, Jesus says, do you love me? And he asks him this question. Will you go all out for me? Give your life to me. And, and Peter says, I do love you, but not like that. And he uses the same word. And then Jesus drops that word and he changes it. And it says, do you filio me? And Peter says, yeah, I've been telling you that. I've been telling you that. And so he connects with him. And so then Jesus says, now follow me. And here's the thing. He's adjusted the connection, but he hasn't adjusted his expectation. Because one time in the future, he says, Peter, you're going to follow me. And, and actually what's going to happen is that someone else is going to lead you. And someone else is going to bind you and all that. And he's almost prophesying the way that Peter is going to die. And Peter dies giving his life for Jesus. And you don't do that with filio love. You only do it with agape. So what I think God is saying is maybe for some of us even in the room or those of you watching at home, whenever and wherever you're watching, maybe you were a follower of Jesus, but then you stopped. Maybe something happened. Maybe your failure. Maybe somebody else's actions. Maybe COVID-19. Maybe your job. Maybe a relationship. Something happened. And now God comes to you again. And His expectations here, but He'll drop to your level to connect with you in order to lead you to the place He wants you to go. What story are you going to tell during this season? The voice you believe will shape the story that you write. Guys, Life Central. Guys, the voice we believe 
will shape the story that we write through this season. I'm absolutely heartbroken when I read, like I'm reading at the moment, of so many churches that are just thinking, I think we're done. So many church leaders around the world that want to quit. And I totally get it. And I'm heartbroken. I'm thinking, what kind of story are we going to write during this season? Are we going to write a story where we discovered God in the hardest year that many of us have ever had? And where we went to a new level of depth and a new level of relationship and a new level of influence in our community. That's the kind of story I think we want to write, isn't it? And so we found a song and the guys are going to share this song with you. Thank you. The guys are going to share this song with you. And let me just read some of the lyrics. The hour is dark and it's hard to see what you're doing here in the ruins and where this will lead. Oh, but I know that down through the years, I'll look on this moment and see your hand on it and know you were here. I'll testify of the battles you've won, how you were my portion when there wasn't enough. And I'll testify of the seas that we've crossed, the waters you parted and the waves that I've walked. And then the chorus said, my God did not fail. It's the story I'll tell. I know it as well. It's the story I'll tell. Believing gets hard when options are few. When I can't see what you're doing, I know that you're proving that you're the God who comes through. And then it says, oh, but I know that over the years, I'll look back on this moment and see your hand on it. And I'll know that you are here. My God, you did not fail. It's the story I tell. And as you listen and watch this story, guys, wherever you are, let the Holy Spirit of God impact you and decide right now today, hey, I am going to write the story that God has for my life. It's the story I'll tell. It's an incredibly powerful song, isn't it? Just maybe just take a moment right now, wherever you are, here in the room or, or at home, and just maybe just open your hands for a second and just say, God, I want to write a better story. Lord, I want to write the story that you want to write in my life. And maybe right now that you are at home and you, and you want prayer right now. You know, we've got our online guys there. They can pray for you and with you. Um, so you can, you can ask for that. The, the thing will come on and click on. Um, and you can receive prayer right now. And I want to pray for you guys in the room and at home as well. And maybe there are some of us and we identify with Peter. And we know we've stopped following during this season. We've just stopped following. Just found it too hard. Just found it too hard. Six months. Just found it too hard. We've maybe shut our Bible up. Maybe we ain't following him. Maybe we're not talking to him. And you know, God comes. And what I love about the story is that he never, ever chastises Peter. He never says, hey, call yourself a follower. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't do that. He says, hey, just come follow me. That's what he said right at the beginning. Come follow me. Leave your nets. Because that's what we did three years ago. Just come follow me. Yeah, you've stopped. That's all right. Just start again. Start again. So right now, maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. And you just want to say, Jesus, I want to follow you again. I don't want my story of this season to be. That's the season I stopped following you. That's the season I gave up. I want to say, this is the season I went deeper. This is the season I went further. This is the season where I came stronger. 
So Lord, I want to pray right now for every single person in this room and for those that are watching whenever and wherever they're watching it. Lord, may this season be the season where we write a better story, where in the future, when we tell stories of this season, our stories will be worth telling. So Lord, we choose now. We're going to follow you again. We're going to go stronger in community. We're going to be the best church we can be for our community. And we are going to write a better story as we allow you to write it in us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I want to invite you in the room now just to stand with me, okay? And I asked the guys if we could sing this song. It's an old song. It's a hymn. Uh, I think it is absolutely perfect as we start this new season together because this reminds us that when we're writing a story, guys, and, and just listen up, okay? When we're writing a story, whoever's hand has got the pen, has got the power. And you need to know that's not you, that's God. So God's actually got the pen in His hand. So the story of my life and the story of our lives together, yes, we've got to step into that and we've got choice, but ultimately it's in Christ alone that our story is going to be written, isn't it? And so this song reminds us that no matter what happens to us, Because what happened to Jesus wasn't the end. Death isn't the end. No matter what happens to us, it doesn't have the final word on what the story is going to be. Because the pen isn't in death's hand. The pen isn't in COVID-19's hand. The pen isn't in the Brexit hand. The pen isn't in the politician's hand. The pen is in the hand of Christ alone. And so I want to encourage us. Hey, and you need, in the room, I wanted to say sing then, I nearly did. In the room, let's worship God, okay, as this song is sung over you. If you're not in the room, you can sing as loud as you want, okay? But let's celebrate who God is because His hand has got the pen. Amen? And that means we can breathe and we can rest and we can say, God, we'll step in and we'll write the story you want us to write because ultimately you're writing it anyway. So let's sing this incredible song in your heart and in your mind. And at home, you can sing it out loud. In Christ alone, my hope is found. And let the presence of God touch your lives again today. Wherever, whenever you're watching it, right here in the room, let's just enjoy the presence of God. Thanks, guys.